give us a brief background into how you arrived into this work and uh, how this was ultimately a journey of self-healing for yourself as well? Sure, yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about it. So I really struggled with a lot of health issues um, all through my life growing up. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's been a lifelong journey for me early on in my um you know, earlier years, uh, I really struggled with some, you know, teenage depression and that sort of thing moved through. I had a lot of eating disorders in my 20s um, with the bulimia and I'd had hives and allergies. So all through my life, I was really um, was challenged with my immune system. Mm. And um, then in my 40s, when I was had a um, children and a family, again, the depression came up and I went on uh, antidepressants. And I knew absolutely that uh, the antidepressants weren't the the curing me that it was more of um something just to take care of the symptoms of what was really going mm. on and that started my journey on really understanding our bodies and what is going on chemically in our body to create these moods of, of sadness and depression mm. and so while i did go on the antidepressants i worked around the clock to really understand what was happening inside me to to figure out how i could cure myself and that's when i uncovered that i had a lot of imbalances going on in my body nutritionally. And once I started to balance those um, um, nutritional um, deficiencies and also really look at my, um, you know, how my body was processing food and I had a lot of issues with how I was just digesting food, I wasn't detoxing properly. Once I started to correct all those, I began mm. to feel better and I was immediately able to, not immediately, but slowly took myself off the antidepressants the doctor didn't want me to go off them, didn't believe that food was associated uh, with um, the way I was feeling. Mm. And it was clear to me that it was very much associated. What was going on in my body was creating that symptom. So um, so I was gradually, very slowly, took myself off the antibiotics and then really uh, wanted to share this information with the world. So I went to school and became an integrative health coach. And I went to the uh, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. It was a year-long program um, where I studied in New York City with many of the top uh, nutrition um, experts in the country, mm -hmm. including Walter Willett and people from Harvard and all uh, Deepak Chopra. Wow. The moment I graduated from that, um, I got infected with Lyme disease. And um, I was so excited about starting my, my practice that the Lyme disease made me very sick. And I ended up um, being ill for about five years. Mm -hmm. um, and while the, what I learned at the nutrition in, uh, um, school really helped me, um, I still wasn't able to get better. And I went the conventional route with um, very serious antibiotics, cocktails of antibiotics and antifungals that um, I think did help me in some ways, but they really weren't the answer for me. I still wasn't getting well. And so I kept on exploring. I went all the different alternative routes. I bought um, machines, uh, pulsed electromagnetic field machines that I thought would help mm -hmm. me. And I felt if I could figure out what could help me, then I could help others heal from Lyme disease too. I tried um, Chinese herbs and um, homeopathy and every kind of you know alternative. I still wasn't getting better. I got I got very well, but I knew there was still a missing piece, and that's when I stumbled on the work of um, this biofield tuning and Eileen McCusick at a health conference uh. in 2016. And when I heard her work about how we have this energetic field around us that often can contribute to our illnesses physiologically, mm. it made so much sense to me that I really wanted to learn more. 
So I bought her book immediately at that health com- conference, read it in one night, ran back to the health conference the next day, wanted a session, um, signed up for a session with Eileen, and felt an immediate response to the work with the tuning forks that she did with me at the conference in that short amount of time. It was about a 20, 25 minute session. And um, I knew immediately that this was a missing piece in not only my healing journey, but the healing journey for many people. Mm. This idea that we've got an energetic field around us that's really playing a role in our physiological illnesses. And so I immediately signed up to get trained in the work, got trained. It took me about a year or so to do that. Um, And once I got trained, I started working with people and had um, very positive responses with the people I was using the method with. Mm. And then I knew also I wanted to teach teachers. And so um, now I'm teaching teachers to bring the method to the world. And we just finished a class where I was, we had teachers from Australia and Mm. Romania and all over the country, including um, also Canada. And so that's where I am now. I'm teaching the method. I'm also seeing clients. But it truly is a missing piece, I think, in the healing puzzle for people. Mm. I hope that, in a nutshell, you know, kind of explains my journey and how I yeah. got here now with biofield tuning. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's so cool because we're, uh, we're now discovering through the work of, like, Gail Lynn, um, Aline McCusick, all these, mm-hmm. um, even Dr. Ospenza, Wim Hof, we're discovering all these new modalities of how to treat the body more intensely and deeply than we've ever thought was possible. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's cool. We're in this information age where all this is coming out and it's, this is amazing. So you give people who have never heard of biofield tuning, give people a brief um, idea of what this is. Sure. Yeah. So biofield tuning is a method that uses the vibrations and fre- frequencies of tuning forks in a person's biofield. So a person's biofield, they may ask, well, what is that? Well, in 1992, I believe the NIH coined the term because they understood that we have an energetic field around us. And it's both subtle, but also electromagnetic. So it is measurable in terms of the electromagnetism that we're giving off. For example, we're measuring our electromagnetism when we do an EKG or an EEG. So that's a measurement of the energy that our brain is giving off or our heart. Mm. And these fields can actually be identified up to 12 feet around us. So we've got this electromagnetic field around us that's measurable, but we also have a subtle field, which I believe is more on the magnetic range. Because the human body is an electrical body, we anything that gives off electricity has a magnetic field around us. Mm. So what Eileen discovered over 20 years is that in this field, we actually, this field holds energetic memories of experiences that we've had throughout not only our lives, but also that our ancestors have passed down through us. So over 20 years of seeing people probably five people a day, five days a week, she identified patterns in this uh, field by using the sounds of the tuning fork. So she had this special gift that could actually interpret the sound of the tuning forks and give it a meaning. Mm. And with this meaning that through her gift she was able to interpret, she was able to create what's called a biofield anatomy map Mm and then identify that certain areas in our field hold very specific emotions. And so by working with those emotions, with the very coherent tone of the tuning fork, Mm -hmm. she's able to bring coherence 
to those emotions that maybe are interfering with our lives and just bring that coherence to that field, a person is able to be feel more at peace. It brings their body into more coherence. Mm. And then they're able to heal and navigate their lives more with peace and from a point of view of wellness as opposed from a point of view of illness or a frequency of illness. Mm. So this... This theory is down, it goes down to the electrical universe theory and how is it true that um, we are essentially electricity, like we are made of electricity and magnetism and um, and how does this relate to the Schumann resonance? Um, because I feel like that's a big component into this as well, because we're always interacting with like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth you know, um, everything, 4G, 5G now. Um, what is the Schumann resonance and, and how does that affect our biofield as well? Yeah, that's a great question. So what the Schumann resonance is, is that uh, researchers have identified that the earth actually has a pulse. So there is electrical, you know, um, frequency that's being given off the earth at all times. And how they measure it is it it's a frequency that bounces off the ionosphere. So it's kind of this outer membrane that um, um, encompasses the whole earth. And we all have this. The sun has a, um, a sphere that, um, is, that exists around the sun. It's a solar sphere. I can't remember the name of it right now. Heliosphere. Heliosphere. Thank you so much. And then we have this sphere that goes around us, so yeah. the earth. So you're seeing this, wow. this pattern repeated throughout the universe, not only, you know, in nature, but even um, plants have their own frequencies that are giving off. So the Schumann resonance is the unique signature frequency of the earth. And it's constantly, it's measured by bouncing off this ionosphere. And when you get lightning, it's actually the way that the earth discharges this energy so that when there's a buildup or an imbalance, this um, ionosphere will create a lightning strike to create more of a balance in this um, the Schumann resonance. So that's really what uh, lightning is. Wow. Now, it's a very critical um, frequency for all living, all of nature, everything. So human beings, plants, animals, when they are um, arising, you know, arising up from the earth, such as in plants, or living on the earth, animals and human beings, we actually discharge, we connect with that energy in a very healing way. Mm. So the Schumann resonance, the frequency is actually 7.83. It fluctuates very slightly. So it's constantly kind of an average more than anything else. But uh, we need that mm. to modulate our all our healing properties, our natural properties of living. So all living organizations need to be connected uh, with that frequency. And they found that when astronauts went up in, in space, that they felt very ill because they weren't connected with that frequency of Earth. Mm. And so they actually have machines, which is similar to the machine I had, the Ondamed machine, which did the pulsed electromagnetic field frequency. They created a machine that creates that pulse for the astronauts to keep them heal in a healthy state up in, in space. So the Schumann resonance is very, very important to, to life on Earth. And what we're finding in the biofield of, um, uh, you know, community is that because mm. we're disconnected from that frequency by wearing rubber-soled shoes, mm. that we're not as human beings able to discharge naturally as maybe humans were before rubber shoes were invented. People mm. wore leather shoes 
years ago, and it allowed them to discharge more through the earth and mm. receive the healing frequencies of the earth through the leather. So it's very important now that you've probably heard of grounding, that that's the concept that we're trying to recreate with grounding mats and grounding pads and also walking on the beach barefoot. These are all really important for human health. So that's how the human frequency plays into the role of health and healing. And there's a technique we use in biofield tuning which actually opens up that that ability to connect with the Earth's energy. There's an energy center that sits below our feet. And we actually try to connect you to that Schumann resonance. Yeah, I think it's so cool because, uh, you know, people say go outside, go on a walk or just get out of nature. But it's like the scientific uh, explanation that really hits home where it's like this is something you, you should be doing, you know. For our health, yeah. Um, so can you give people a picture of what happens during a session and how the body reacts to these tuning forks? I know you mentioned it briefly with the anatomy of the biofilm maybe we can get into that later but what does the session look like and maybe can you give people an idea of what these tuning forks actually look like you feel oh, free sure. to grab one of those yeah sure so um these are um the tuning forks that we use during a session this is what's called a unweighted tuning fork and it actually has a tone to it that people can hear it's a very nice soothing tone um, this is a Hertz of 170, 174, and Eileen identified there certain Hertz that are kind of universally healing for people and doing her work. So there's just a five or so forks that we use in this particular practice. This is what's called a weighted tuning fork, and you can see that there are weights at the end. It doesn't make any really audible sound, but you can sort of hear the, 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 the vibrations of the fork if I put them close enough to your ear. But the potty really responds to both of these, both audibly and inaudibly, inaudible frequencies of the forks. This frequency is um, 89. This is a, um, a new uh, series that Eileen just created called the Fibonacci series, and it mm. uh, consists of two forks which when you um, ring them both together, they create the frequency of pi, which is the universal frequency of creation in, wow. the, in um, all of nature. It's 1.6 something, something, something. So she created these two. The ones that we use mostly in um, our work are these uh, Schumann resonance forks, and they're multiples of 7.83. And when you... Um, Bring both of them and bring them around the body, they actually create that frequency of 7.83 using the concept of binaural beats. So when the two frequencies come together, they create the frequency of the Schumann resonance. Mm -hmm. They've also found that this resonant, this frequency, is the frequency that um, they found when individuals go into a deep meditative state, that that's the um, the brainwave of the brain when people are in deep meditative healing states is the Schumann resonance also. Wow. I think it's between the delta and the theta, um, you know, frequencies that they've identified in, in brain state wow. waveforms. So in any case, these are the forks that we use in the biofield tuning session. We work in the field which um, extends about five to six feet out around the body. And what we do is a, um, a technique called combing in. And there is basically, Eileen found a timeline of your life such wow. that the outer side, of the outer edge of the, the field is associated with your birth and gestation before you were born. And as you work through the field coming in towards the body in this timeline, um, it's kind of picking up 
energies that are associated with things that might have happened in your life in mm. your timeline. And it goes back to that uh, idea that, well, there's that book, The Body Keeps a Score, where physically our body can hold trauma. Mm -hmm. But this is where our bodies are holding trauma energetically. Um, and it's almost like the it's almost like a the the rings of a tree is the timeline is that correct yeah exactly so that's exactly what it is it's like rings on a tree and it's very interesting that in this work we've discovered that the field informs the body and the body informs the field also so it's always bi-directional they're very mm -hmm. interconnected so in that work where the body holds the score yes so that that energy is held in the body, but it's also reflected in the field. So wow. by working in the field and bringing very coherent, resonant tones into the field where that body mm. um, part that, you know, is where the energy is in the body, it'll bring the body into coherent form too is for more healing and recovery from trauma that people experienced in earlier in their lives. So really amazing. Well. It really is amazing. Um, so, um, what the, so what does trauma look like in this work? Meaning when you so you're so you're listening to the tuning forks and when do you know when you found found a spot where it's energetically there's disturbance like how do you pick that up right so there are a lot of a couple of different ways mm -hmm. um one of the ways is that you can actually hear the sound of the tuning fork really resonate with whatever that dissonant pocket is so it'll the sound the fork will sound very loud or tinny or disharmonious and then eventually, so what the fork is doing is resonating with the vibration of the body and in the field. But as you strike the tuning fork, the, the tuning fork brings that dissonant pocket into more coherence. But you have to strike it several times in order for that to happen. So that's kind of the nature of what you'll hear. You can also, as a practitioner works through the field, they not only hear the sound of the tuning fork, but often there will be emotions that come through the body. Mm. In this work, it's very important um, that we um, use neutral, we, we consider everything from a point of view of neutrality. So even though um, this might have been a very disturbing experience that somebody might have had in their life, it's just an, um, an energy form that we're working with in the field. So there's no real you know, judgment call about what that individual was responded to it's just a dissonant energy that we're bringing into coherence and it's another beautiful thing that we're uh, doing with this work is that it's also being done at an unconscious level mm. so that client doesn't have to process anything they can just be there and relax and listen to the tone and the fork does all the work it's really quite a peaceful non-invasive and very easy way for people to work you know to bring their body into more coherence so that it's this energy that's been tangled up, so to speak, mm. is available for more healing and navigating your life with clarity and purpose. Mm. And can you give people uh, maybe a few examples of what the anatomy of the biofield looks like? I know there's, uh, it's, it's pretty mapped out and you have a poster up there. Um, but what are some, like, the, I know that from your research, the right side is usually correlated with the father's side and then the, the left side is with your mother mm -hmm. and then you have with certain chakras as well in the energetic centers of the body there's certain tones of depression or anxiety or guilt and shame can you just go into those a little sure, bit sure just a little bit so this is the really um interesting and intriguing work that eileen uncovered over 20 years and it's so in, cool <laughs> it, it really is i think i really think she was very gifted with this information that she was able to pay attention to the pattern she was identifying and and really 
record this in a way. And then she ended up doing her master's degree on um, studying what was really, she was identifying in these people's field. But she created this biofield anatomy map. And just as, um, you know, sages come up like a Reiki, you know, uh, the man who uncovered Reiki, you know, they're able to, they have this gift to really understand that what they're uncovering is very powerful and could help people. So in terms of the biofield anatomy map, what we'll find, um, as you mentioned, on the left side is often associated, I'd like to say, more with a feminine yin energy. So yes, it's related to the mother, but it can be related to all the feminine aspects of existence. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, and but there is a specific point that's associated with the mother, which is off the solar plexus chakra on the left side. And so on the right side is more the masculine energy. And again, off the right side of the solar plexus would be um, information about relationship with the father, but also all the masculine energy. So it could be uncles and grandfathers and the ancestors on the father's side. Um, then it going down, the um, I'll actually move up the, the side. So on the right side, around the foot, um, the energy center around the feet is related, and the knees is related to obstacles that are keeping us from moving forward. Off the hip might be this um, concept of overdoing and busyness um, on the right side. And then on, on above that, on the second chakra, the guilt and shame that you mentioned, off the solar plexus could be associated with feelings of anger. Off the heart, resentment. Off the right side of the heart, resentment, overdoing for others and not mm. taking care of yourself. The throat is where you're speaking and not being heard. Off the um, right side of the uh, pineal gland or the third eye is constantly going the woulda coulda shouldas the constantly thinking about all the things you should have done and why did you do that and feelings mm. about that off the left side it's very interesting is the feet and the knees are associated with um things that are keeping us that we're not willing to let go so things mm. that are attaching us to our past that we're not willing um, to be comfortable releasing. Mm. And so that often could be like the feeling of chains or shackles or, you know, things that confusion about what we, you know, confusion about whether we should let go of something or not. The um, right hip is associated with uh, feelings of, of unmet needs. So things that, you know, even us not being able to take care of our own needs, uh, but also how other people haven't been able early on in our lives. Then off the... Um, the, soul, the second chakra would be about frustration and disappointment. So thinking about, gee, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not where I should be in my, you know, where, so kind of thinking about the past a little bit and beating yourself up about mm. that. Off the left side of the solar plexus is um, a little bit about um, power, powerlessness, feelings of um, not, you know, being able to really um, be in your center and navigate the world with power and confidence. The left side of the heart is related often to sadness and depression. Off the throat on the left side is where you're not able to use your words to speak. You, you've mm. got all these things you want to say, but you can't get that out there. You don't have the confidence to share your message with the world or feel comfortable around your, you know, your environment to really share what you want to share. Mm. Off the um, left side of the brain is thinking about the future, worrying about, oh, should I do that? Should I not do that? So it's forward thinking. And then off the very top of the head, the crown chakra, is really your connection with time and nature mm. and how you navigate your life. People who might be late frequently have a, a challenge with time and where they see themselves in time or thinking about the future and, and not really being present. 
So that's off there. So that's in a nutshell the biofield anatomy map. That was that was so cool. You just outlined. It shows you you know this stuff in and out, and uh, it's it's so cool to me. Um, it um, and you can now in a session. Does the body reveal to you what needs to be healing at that point, or do, can a client come to you and say, "Hey, I know I have." Uh, an adrenal problem or a, a problem with my kidney that correlates to maybe an emotional trauma that happened maybe in their 30s? Um, or do you kind of just use the tuning forks to read it out and give the body what it needs at that time? Yeah, wow, that's such a good question because we are so used to in our our current, um, you know, the way we think about our medicine and trying to get healed is like, we've got this thing here, please fix it. And so this really looks more um, individual holistically, both from the physiological standpoint and the energetic standpoint and the interconnection. So in a typical biofield session, we would not go after something that comes up that ar has arisen for somebody and that they want to be healed with. But we use um, uh, this uh, system of using a pendulum, which is reflective of the individual's energy and where it needs to be, where the body mm -hmm. wants to be worked on. So um, it's pretty cool. I, um, we, a practitioner will do an opening sequence, which will allow, it's similar to uh, acupuncture, getting the energetic flow in the body. And then by using a pendulum over the chakra areas, uh, we can identify where the body mm -hmm. is showing kind of a lower energy. It's, it's really indicating where the body wants to have work done. Mm -hmm. And typically um, by using that, having the confidence in using that indication that that's where the body is showing where, what needs to be worked on in that session, it will begin the process of healing for whatever's going on wherever else in the se session. So in in that sense, it's almost like homeopathy, where if you take a homeopath a homeopathic remedy, it goes to where the body needs it. And this work mm. is very similar too. So it'll work on what the body needs to work on in that moment. We often recommend three sessions. I was about to ask. Yeah. yeah, we often recommend three sessions, not just once. And it's similar to working with a homeopathy, um, you know, a person that's in homeopathy or a chiropractor or acupuncturist, you won't see the healing in just one session that somebody's looking for. And each session will come up with different things. So it oh. will be um, uncovered in layers as the body dictates it. And that's something that we really honor. We don't decide where the work is as a practitioner. The body tells us where to work. And we we really honor that process of the body's communication. Wow. Um, so in your experience working with people, um, what are some common um, emotional or societal issues that may have been programmed into us that maybe not our fault that have t come up and uh, that have tied up our energy flow? What, are, what do you see oh, with yeah. clients that are common issues today? And it could be, you know, maybe the baby boomers have a, a common theme. Maybe someone my age in their 20s have a common theme. What are you kind of discovering through your own work? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. So I think uh, I'll just start with the baby sure. boomers. And often what will happen is on um, we'll see a lot of energy off of the left side. And it can be associated with this concept of unmet needs. And many of the baby boomers are probably, you know, in the 55 to 70, age 70. So it's a 15 year period, say 55 to 70 or so years old. 
uh, many of the mothers back then were trained by, you know, this author named Dr. Spock, who wrote this book, who thought he had it figured out on how to raise children. It was often that, you know, uh, children need to be on a schedule. Uh, you let them cry other than they're going to be spoiled. So right then and there, that infant is being trained in a pattern of thinking my needs will not be met, that mm. I need to survive, you know, in an environment that really isn't necessary necessarily safe and that I've got to you know struggle and and survive until I'm fed again until I'm on the schedule and then you know somebody so our responses weren't we weren't getting that feeling of being our needs being met early on and this is a pattern that can you we can really see in the baby boomers mm. that they th then don't even know how to take care of their needs that we constantly give to others and honor to other people uh, without you know, creating this concept that we're worthy of our needs being met. So that's a very powerful, you know, concept to understand. And then, um, and then in terms of the, you know, the people that in your generation, I'm finding things all over the field. So it really does, you know, each person is just so unique mm. and every single session is very different. And then also I'm finding culturally, you know, a mm. lot of different patterns will come up from, you know, people from different cultures and um, that's been very fascinating work to do and how, to see how that ancestral patterning shows up in people of all ages. So, mm. you know, from, you know, in people in their 20s to, you know, however old they are. Yeah, I remember in my first session with you, um, it was more of working with the ancestral side um, of my father, which was interesting. Um, what When you first did your session, um, what did you discover about yourself that kind of needed that healing? So it really was about um, in that session with Eileen at the health conference, she was working strictly because it was this, what's called a seated chair session. So somebody can do, do a session. It doesn't always have to be on the table. It can be in a chair and a person can work in the field. And so she was working in this heart and solar plexus area and um and identified this concept of um you know not really as an infant not really having my needs met because mm. for many different reasons not only was my mother following probably protocols that were established then for how to raise children but also i, was, I grew up in the military and mm. um there were a lot of um responsibilities that my mom had that maybe didn't allow her to be around as maybe as much as it would have been nice for an infant you know, mm -hmm. start, you know, trying to grow up. So that came up immediately. And I think that's what I resonated with, that Eileen was able to identify that pattern in me in that short amount of time. And the shift that I felt, mm. this, this feeling of centeredness and peace wow. that that had been resolved and that not necessarily completely resolved, that feeling uh, probably lasted about five days. I came home and had this energy to like straighten up you know, an area of my basement that I had been able to tackle for years. <laughs> yeah. And so that response, but then I noticed it dissipated after about four or five days, being that it was just one session. And that's why we encourage a few sessions, you know, so that it does hold and then it can go, person can go on a maintenance. They may completely have everything resolved, you know, in one session. That's not to say that's unheard of. We re typically recommend three sessions. People can go much longer, go on to a maintenance type of thing, come once every six months, once a year. Yeah you know, never again, you know, it, it, it runs the whole gamut of what's appropriate for each person. But that was my experience and why I really did feel like it was something I, I needed to, to learn more about. It was cool. After my session, I felt um, I had this immense, like almost felt like I was cloudy up in my, my top of my head. 
maybe you want to call it like my crown chakra, but I felt like I just got a tune up. Like I was, it was cloudy, but I, it was cool. Like the next day, I, I remember like going, going back, driving back home, I was just laughing. <laughs> I got this sense of like happiness and joy overcome me, but it was cool. Cause like you could actually feel the power of, of, of sound and how it affects your body. Like I felt like it was almost like post-surgery in, in a different way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so what are some typical um, ways that people feel after a session? Yeah, so you kind of were spied on, spot on with some of the feelings that you just expressed, but most common people will, um, the minute the session is over, people will get up from the table and immediately say, I feel lighter. <laughs> that, those words over and over, you know, are the, the most common words that I'll hear. I feel lighter. And Eileen found, and we found, that there is a certain amount of levity to the energy that's given off by sound. Mm. And, you know, you can experience this by even listening to music. So there's certain tones in music that will make you feel lighter and want to dance and are uplifting. Mm. And there are other tones in music that will be heavier and want you to go in a more deeper contemplative state. And so that's mm. what we'll, we find. So typically a person will feel levity and then the whole gamut uh, runs after that to, you know, sense of peace or deep reflection or, in, you know, reflection and introspection, clarity. Um, you know, I had the feeling that I wanted to organize something, you know, so you suddenly uh, you'll get this clarity about how to tackle something where there has been confusion in the past. Um, sometimes people can go through what they call a detox response. And that's mm. because sometimes the energy physiologically has been shifted in our body and that creates um, a cleansing and it's just as if your uh, hand went numb and it's that feeling when suddenly circulation you know comes back into the hand mm -hmm. um, after you know the circulation's been cut off there's that discomfort so in some ways you could view it as you know circulation opening up in certain areas mm. but also it can go further than that um, in our cells we do hold toxins in our cells so those can be released mm. as well and so that's why after a session we really recommend that people hydrate a lot so drink a lot of water mm. to make sure that flow that you know the the releasing can really occur we also recommend ground recommend going outside and getting grounded walking in nature um, so that that discharge can happen through the you know your mm. feet and just being in nature they're just this discharging will happen and we also recommend um, taking salt baths and those have been found to really um, it's a type of hydrotherapy but the minerals in the salt can really help balance the body and help discharge also energy that you know could have been you know opened up in a session yeah. um, can you going thinking back and um, helping clients that have come to you uh, for healing and can you think of any particular clients that really stood out to you where it was uh, it was a remarkable journey or turnaround or even people where, I don't know, when you start to heal people, do people have reactions on the table where they'll start to like tense up or release energy, like maybe cry or, or Yes, something? so um, I don't typically have um, very, I don't typically have that kind of reaction on the table, but as sure. I was going through my training, I had an opportunity to witness many, many sessions through these uh -huh. classes of um, not only when I was trained 
to become a practitioner, but also my training is to become a teacher and was able to witness many, many emotional responses on the table. So yes, the whole gamut of um, physiological shaking or crying um, and tensing up. So yeah. that, that, and then we, d we do recommend that the practitioner continue through. And typically that's a wave of, of emotion that will resolve itself. And so it's really important to continue the process and not to stop it because we've started a process and it, it's, it's, it, the body is saying, yes, this needs to be, is going to be addressed right now. Mm. And so it's the, the confidence and, and the um, assertiveness of the practitioner to continue through that process to see it to the end. And um, there are different things we can do to help the client in that process so it's never at a point of discomfort. So the regrounding and the discharging are you know, techniques that we can use to help the processing of, of that experience mm -hmm. that's happening with the client. But typically I don't um, have those experiences of the client on the mm. table, but it's always very, you know, very safe. Did you have one other thing that you, there's another aspect to that question. I, I was just, I was going to ask about if you, uh, any cool stories of particular stories, yeah. of maybe clients that you've had in the past. Right. So that was it. And uh, you know, when I was just learning this process, it shows how powerful it is, even for practitioners who are in the very beginning stages. And of course, um, with my background, I've always been a skeptical person about this, you know, kind of energy work. Mm. Um, and I think healthy skepticism is good when we're doing any of this kind of work. Um, but when I was just having, doing my practice sessions, I did have a woman come in who was British and in her 70s, and she was struggling with a tad of depression. She had two grown sons, had families, and I noticed that she just, I could tell she came to me not knowing really, if she came to a, a, a nutrition workshop I was giving, and she called and said, I don't know why I'm really here. And I said, well, I'm learning this new method. Maybe we should try it. Let's see how it works with you. And in that session, it was quite powerful. And she had covered um, experience she had when she was 18. Um, not to go into too much details, sure. but it was very, very traumatic that she had to carry with her her entire mm. life. And mm. just, she spoke about it very briefly. Um, we didn't have to go into much detail with it, but it really shifted her life. And she came for about five sessions and didn't feel like she needed... But the joy and the release and the peace she was able to experience by mm. having resolved um, that tension that she had been holding in her field and also subtly in her body was no longer there. And, and she's able to be, I think, more present as a grandmother and as a mother-in-law and as a mother to her grown children. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, just, I think it's so cool. Um, at the core of this, it, from my point of view, it seems like it's just bringing back, bring back energy into circulation in your body to have that energy flow to just be who you are supposed to be and live life happily healthily and and with vitality yeah um so with that being said how has kind of wrapping this up here how has this work affected your habits conscious behaviors and way you kind of walk out of the door into yeah. your life i tell you um you know i wouldn't do it if i hadn't found it so transformative for myself so not only did it um um, help me in so many ways, just in terms of this concept of uh, being feeling more at peace, being more aligned with, 
you know, the way I want to navigate my life. I think using the world word aligned with purpose can be mm. very confusing with people because I think people make it up to be too big of a thing. Well, what's my purpose? I'm supposed to go out and do something. But it's really just being aligned and being at peace with who we are and being present in the moment, consciousness mm. and awareness. So that in itself has um, been the, the most, I think, significant shift for me of the conscious presence and awareness. And because as uh, I'm a mother and a wife, as I was mm. able to come into a more healthy state in that way, I've been the healthiest, honestly, I've ever been in my, my life. I can honestly say that. That energy, then what happens is we become the tuning fork for our family constellation. So we emanate wow. out more coherence. And my, I think my daughters are living more with coherence. My husband is living with more coherence now mm. because they then start to reflect. I, they begin to resonate with my coherence. With that energetic, that with that energetic, energetic, energetic magnetic field. Exactly. Right? So, so initially, cool. I think I was, uh, you know, because I maybe wasn't as lined as much as I could. All of us were bouncing off more incoherence and dissonant energies. And that happens in every family. This is common in every family. So that's honestly the way it's really transformed my life and also my, the lives of my lo of loved ones as well. And then health-wise, I just feel the best I ever have. And mm. <clears throat> know that um, I'm in my 60s, um, that physiologically there are things that I will not be able to completely resolve. I've, my body's been through a lot over many years. So there's a peace with knowing physiologically what I can do. But the greater sense of peace comes from the way I'm navigating my life. And that's the most important thing. Mm. So, yeah, I still have physiological things that are going to go on with me. Maybe my tummy's digestion isn't as the fire that I'd like it to have, right? But I'm at peace with that. I eat what I want. I'm choosing what I want to eat. Mm. So that's an important thing that it's not a cure-all. Mm -hmm. But we navigate with, with just more peace and like you said joy and happiness mm -hmm. and and that resonates out yeah and i know you guys have um you've been you've had people come in and do extensive research on this practice is there anything new that's happened over the course of this pandemic that has any new exciting research about this field that you guys have discovered or has it been kind of the same yeah so there eileen is constantly trying to do research to learn more about the scientific um, the science behind this, she did one um, research study which, um, where she was trying to um, kind of confirm that each practitioner is going to identify the same thing in the field at a certain point. And what they found is, which makes a lot of sense, is because we're working with energy, every time a practitioner comes through the field, the practitioner's energy resonates differently uh -huh. with the individual's energy mm. so the clarity of that research is confirming that that is a you know the way that this work works mm. is that we're not going to be able to honor the scientific method of that repetitiveness with this particular technique so in terms of scientific research they want to see repetition in response right so now eileen's taking different approaches and she's using what is more called um i think it's called kind of a, a therapeutic outcome approach and she's doing another study right now working with anxiety. And mm. I think what's going to happen is these clients will then take an anxiety test, probably some kind of questionnaire, have several sessions, and then take a questionnaire afterwards. So we're going to be um, identifying therapeutic outcomes, you know, and doing more of a clinical approach and studying the effectiveness of the technique. 
And I uh, truthfully would love to do more research on that type of uh, work as well. Mm. On um, it's uh, apparently uh, Eileen has a lot of success with post post traumatic stress syndrome, and anxiety, depression, sleep, all these issues. Um, and so I think there's so much potential for research to be done with this work. Phenomenal. Um, so Leslie, where can people find find you and reach out to you? And is there anything else you'd like to add to wrap this interview up with? Um, no, I, uh, thank you so much. Um, my website is barnettwellnessconsulting.com. You can find me on the internet, um, uh, that way by just Googling barnettwellnessconsultingaltogether.com. It's the name of my health coaching practice. And I think, um, this was a terrific interview. I think you got all the key points of what biofield tuning, you know, is all about. Mm -hmm. And I just want to thank you for inviting me to be here and share this exciting work. Mm -hmm. you know, with your listeners. I really do appreciate that. Yeah. And um, I'd love, if anyone has any questions to please just reach out and I'd be more than happy to, you know, answer any questions your listeners might have. Awesome. Thank you, Leslie. And I want to appreciate, I really appreciate you too. I, I mean, I can't believe that someone like you is only 16 minutes away from my house. Mm -hmm. And for me to be exposed and start to be more and more conscious of this electromagnetic uh, reality that we are constantly in, but we just can't perceive it and we're, it's not available to our eyesight, but, yeah, um, so but true. more and more that I'm aware of this stuff and more conscious of deprogramming my subconscious belief and healing myself. I mean, that's why I think it's really cool about this work. So thank you once again, and thank you for taking time every day for yeah. this. All right. Thank you, Mel. Take care. Mm -hmm.